Morning. We are up to the third Mishnah in the fourth chapter of Brachos. Uh, this Mishnah also kind of harkens back to a time, a different time than we have, a time when they did not have Sidurim, they did not have the Tzfilos written out, and because of that, uh, many people didn't actually know the Shemona Esrei, they didn't know the Tzfilos by heart, and uh, the different opinions over here are discussing the challenge of not knowing the entire Shemona Esrei by heart um, in this Mishnah. So Ramam Gamliel begins by stating that everyone, every day, has to daven what we call Shemona Esrei. Uh, although Shimon Esri means the 18, the 18 brachos, which is the um, Amida. Um, of course, as we know, there was a 19th bracha, as the Gemara tells us, that was added on, Vila Malshinim, uh, the blessing that speaks about the enemies of the Jewish people. The Jewish people are facing a lot of opposition, both external and even more so internal. And there was a tefillah that was, uh, that was, uh, that was written to count, asking God for assistance to counter these enemies. So he says, though, uh, regardless of the, the fact that it's the 19, we still call it the Shimon Esrei. When Mabiel says, quite clearly, every day you have to dive in the Shmon Esrei. Rabbi Shua Omer, though, Rabbi Shua says, no, me'in Shmon Esrei. He says, you're not obligated to daven all 18 brachos or 19 brachos, rather an abbreviated version of the Shmon Esrei. Uh, what that means is that, uh, the Gemara explains, there are three brachos in the beginning, everyone agrees you have to say the full brachos, the three brachos at the end, everyone agrees you have to say those brachos. The middle, though, there's an abbreviated version, different opinions about what that abbreviated version looks like, but Rabbi Shua is saying, really, all you have to really do is daven the abbreviated version of those 18 brachos. Again, the three in the beginning and end are the full, but in between, you could kind of summarize, you could shorten it. And again, we have to appreciate the fact that back then, uh, it was hard for them to memorize all of the Shemona Esrei. Rabbi Yeshua is placing the bar quite low. Rabbi Kiva Omer, he, Rabbi Kiva kind of uh, makes reconciles between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua. He says, Im If you know the Shemona Esrei, then you don't have a right to abbreviate. In other words, Rabbi Shua is saying, even if you know it, you're allowed to abbreviate, you're allowed to do the short version. Rabbi Kiva is saying, no. If you know the tefillah, you have to say the full version. Vim lav If you don't know the full version, you're allowed to go with the abbreviated version, and we rule like Rabbi Akiva. Now, how do we translate that to modern times? We all have a sitter uh, that's accessible uh, in print and on our phone or whatever it is. So the post can basically say this is only going to be true in a time and place where uh, the text of the tefillah is not accessible. Nowadays, where the text of the tefillah is certainly accessible, we, there is no right uh, typically to rely on this shortened version uh, because it's not a matter of memorization, it's a matter of just getting access to the actual words. And therefore, um, although we do rule like Rabbi Akiva, that in theory, if a person doesn't have access to a text, uh, then they could say the shortened version. Of course, you have to memorize the shortened version, which is not so simple. Uh, but that said, nowadays, since we do not have access, uh, since nowadays we do have access to Sidurim, ultimately we are obligated to say the entirety of the Shemona Esrei. Okay, so we're middle of page, uh, middle of uh, Os Ratio Bay is the 212th piece. Uh, we spoke about until now the fact that on typically when it comes to tefillah, it involves a certain uh, sense of lack, uh, as he defined yira as a certain sense of lack, whereas Torah is something which also begins with lack but ends with simcha. When it comes to tefillah, avodah shebelev, ivdu es Hashem biyira, there is a sense of the continuous lack, that typically our tefillos are not answered. As we mentioned yesterday, there is one part of Tehillim, which seems to contradict this and has to be reconciled. Where we said earlier today, uh, which clearly speaks to the fact that there's a certain joy and perhaps even completion, sense of completion that is involved in tefillah. So how do we reconcile these two ideas? He says like this, He says, every tefillah needs to have two components. One is thanksgiving, acknowledgement and appreciation for what took place in the past. And the second piece is crying out and begging and pleading from God for the future. You need the both of them together. 
And this is the rationale behind placing, we know there's a strong emphasis on the importance of Baruch HaTashem Ga'al Yisrael and then immediately going into Shemona Esrei. That's just the, the tip of the, the idea. The idea is, the Gemara tells us, that it's crucial, that it's very, very important that we have, that we place the blessings that revolve around the redemption immediately before Shemona Esrei. Right? There's the Geula, there's the reflection on the redemption, and then we move on to Tefillah. What's the depth behind this? So he gives a very interesting explanation behind a passage that's found in the Book of Malachim regarding um, Elisha. It's a, so Elisha, there's a, there's a scenario where Elisha, the student of Eliyahu, performs a number of miracles. One of those miracles, and he performs the miracles always in a very interesting way. So one story uh, has it, one narrative describes the fact that there was an axe that fell into the water and sunk. They needed this axe. They needed to get this piece out. So what does he do? He takes a piece of wood, throws it in the water, and then the axe comes up. Very bizarre. Very strange. What's he doing over here? Well, you know, it clearly it's something miraculous, so why not just dive in and get the miracle to take place? And there's some scientific explanations, whatever it may be, but, but, but what's the depth of what he's doing? He throws a piece of wood so that the barzel comes up. What's happening? So he says, he says like this. He says, and this is uh, an idea that he, he says, Kemosha Shamati, again, as we've pointed out before, and every says, as I heard, that means he heard this from his teacher, from the, from the Ishbitzer Rebbe. Shitzarach laharos davar, shashem yisparach osekahai gavna, shaitzaf. What he was doing is that he was demonstrating something else where God does something already. For example, making wood float. You put a twig, you put a piece of wood in the water, it will float. And by demonstrating that, by reflecting and showing that, you could then say, just like the wood floats, so too you should make the axe floats. Because from God's perspective, what difference is there between a piece of wood and an axe? It's all the same to God. Right? So what's happening over here, and let's, 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 let's further uh, develop this. Similarly, we have to first thank God for what took place in the past. That God redeemed us. And God throughout history, right? you read the blessing, it's beautiful. It's not just, doesn't just talk about the exodus from, from Mitzrayim. It develops, it says, you know, through the generations, God, you've, you've always watched over us, etc., etc. We f- reflect on that. We tell God, look, look at all the times in the past that you've saved us. And through that, now save us also. Because to you, God, what difference is there? Past and future, it's all the same. Was Mitzrayim any worse than it is today? Not really. Was anything, right? Whatever you did in the past, do it now, right? By bringing up the past, we're able to say, God, just like that, do something else. Do something in the future. Just like you make wood float, make barzel float, make the, make the axe float, just like you've saved us in the past, make it happen now. Because from your perspective, God, there is no difference. Ulakach, and therefore, Be'es hatoda v'odasa avar, in the time of Thanksgiving, and recognition for the past, that there there was already a fulfillment, a completion. God, you've given me so much in the past. Right? There certainly is an importance to thanking God and speaking to God with joy. Because part one of the crucial components of tefillah is that we remind ourselves of the past. God, thank you for all the amazing things that happened. Of course I should be filled with joy. I'm alive, I'm this, all, all the great things that have happened, I should be filled with joy. Of course, if it was a but it's not just a separate component. The two go, the two flow one into the other. In other words, what, what, he's, what he's demonstrating over here, it's not just two separate components. It's well known. We actually talked about it just the other day. Right? The Rambam explains that you know, even before they formalized tefillah, 
there was a sense of thanksgiving that was part of tefillah and a sense of request. And the simple way of looking at these are two components. And he's saying, no, they bleed one into not bleed, but they, they flow one into the other. That through the thanksgiving, I'm able to say to God, just like you've saved me in the past, it's actually a prerequisite. So what's the difference? You've done this all in the past. Why can't you do it now? From your perspective, God, it's all the same, right? So he says, Not only that, he says, and since I'm able to be overjoyed over the past things you've given me, through my faith in your abilities, God, I'm able to extend that joy to the future. I'm able to confidently say, God, you will save me in the past. In other words, I beg and I plead and I say, God, just like you reflect first. I say, God, you've saved me in the past. You've done so much good for me and I should be filled with joy and I am filled with joy. Just like you've saved me in the past, please save me in the future. But it's more than that. Now he's taking it one little step further. He's saying, and as I ask for the future, I'm able to also extend the joy because I'm filled with faith knowing that God has the ability to do so. And therefore, I, I, I am also confident knowing that God will respond and reply to me and take care of me just like he did so in the past. So is, and there, is, he, is he refuting what he said before about Torah is completion and, and Avoda is, is lacking? He is, he is not refuting it. He is making it multi-tiered and, and making it very complex for us. Um, in other words, yes. On the, one hand, on the one hand, there is a sense of tefillah. Really, the essence of tefillah is bakasha. He's been saying all along. The essence of tefillah is request, is the recognition that I am lacking. Without a doubt, that is the core. Everything else revolves around that. Now, as he's adding now, there is an important element, which is the reflection on the past not in and of itself, not independent, but as a means of asking for the future, right? But now, it'll just, by definition, if we are filled with joy for what God has done in the past, and therefore filled with faith for what he's done in the past, there will be a spillover of joy into the future as well. So what mindset should you have? All of the above, yes, right? I mean, there's no, there's no straight, the answer is that yes, ultimately the essence of feel at its core, if you distill it to its core, it's a sense of want, a sense of need, a sense of lack, and the recognition that I don't have it all. But to properly get there, it needs to be filled with a recognition. We need to be filled with faith. And the more we're filled with faith, the more we're also able to extend some of that faith into territory, which is really full of lack, right? So it's really the both of them. At the core, it's about want. But if we were to daven properly, there certainly has to be an element of joy, A, for the past, but even that joy, what he's asking us to do is to extend that in the past if we're able. And this is a high level of tefillah, is to say, God, I need this so desperately. I need your help. But I also have complete faith knowing all that you've done in the past, that you'll be able to help me in the future. And that's really the, the depth of why we are so much. So we, what, he's, what he's done is he's reconciled. Yes, even to us, Hashem B'Simcha is true. It's a, it's a lower point of tefillah. In, 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 on its most basic level because really it's the prerequisite it's the thanking God for what he's done in the past and it's a lead up to the request but in the, on its highest level Ibn Hashem Simcha could be the highest level because in theory a person is able to take that joy and to take that faith and bring it into the future and that's what we need to do and that's why every time we have both in Mariv as well as in the morning we need to be so much we need to reflect upon the past not just oh thank you God for what you've done but to fuel our request right to make our request more real by saying, God, I, I, I know that you could do this. It's not, you know, it's not, it's, it's not an empty tefillah then. So, I'm so filled with confidence based on what you've done in the past. A, a very common thread with this 